0: Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. I just want some coffee. Not right now. Well, I do, but it's not healthy for me to drink coffee while I'm preaching. But I just want some coffee is what I was thinking and what I said to my best friend Todd as we were standing at the counter of a hotel bar in Jerusalem last year on a tour of the Holy Lamb. It was a Friday. That morning, we left our hotel from the shore of the Sea of Galilee, sunrise pictured here. We then walked through the ancient ruins of a city called Beth Sheehan, which is fascinating. We drove through Jericho, saw the wilderness where Jesus would have spent many of his days, including when he was tempted in the wilderness. But the, the highlight of the day was stopping at a place called Bethany beyond the Jordan, which is the traditional site of the baptism of Jesus. Jesus. There we spent some time in the word, some time in prayer, and then I baptized anyone who wanted to be baptized. There's a picture of Todd and I embracing uh, after I was able to baptize him. It was absolutely amazing. We were all exhausted from the long day. We arrived at our new hotel uh, in Jerusalem, got cleaned up for dinner. All I wanted was a fresh cup of coffee and to sit down and have conversation with Todd and with others in the group about the amazing. Day we had. So Todd and I go to the counter of this hotel bar that was clearly open. I asked for a coffee, and the person waiting us said, There is no coffee. I could see the machine. So I asked, Is the machine broken? And he said, No, it's Shabbat. It was Sabbath day in Israel. You see, it was Friday evening now. The Sabbath had started, and it was, at least for him and this hotel bar, against Sabbath law. To brew coffee, which was super weird to me because he was working. And so I asked, well, what can you do? And he said, I can give you a, I can fill a cup with ice, give you ice, give you a can of soda. I can't pour the soda, but I can give it all to you, which was again, very confusing. I wanted to ask so many questions. I was polite and didn't ask questions, but I wanted to ask questions, questions like, so you're telling me that you can't brew coffee, you can't pour the soda, but you can fill my cup up with ice, give me the cup and the soda, and take my money. That's not work, but the other stuff is I was both fascinated and confused at the same time. And if you've been engaging with this series we're in on the Sabbath, you might be both fascinated and confused as well, and that's totally okay. I actually believe it's in our fascination and in our confusion that leads us to ask the right questions that gives us a greater understanding on this gift of the Sabbath that God has given us for our rest. Before I I get too far here, uh, I do need to to introduce myself to anybody who may not know who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And whether you're here in person or joining us uh, online, I'm just so honored that you've chosen to trust us with some of uh, your time. If you're watching online, uh, again, welcome to you. And I'm just so thankful for this day and age that gives us technology that allows us to offer our full worship experience to anybody who doesn't live in Cheyenne or is not able uh, to come to church yet. And I would just ask you to keep engaging this way uh, for as long as you have to. And we're going to do our best uh, to help you experience life, get connected and make an impact, which is our vision here at at Element. And and by the way, if you you want to go to Israel uh, with me, you can do that. Again, in March of 2022, I'll be leading a trip to Israel. It is a faith changing experience. It'll be my third time to go. Uh, There are some brochures for the Israel trip uh, out at the Next Steps wall or if you go online to my website, jeffmanis.com, click on the Israel link at the top. It gives you all the information you need. It's going to be well worth your time and money that you spend. Um, There is a limited number of registrations. It's not close to being full yet. We're going to uh, cap it off at 40, uh, but uh, don't wait too long if you want to go to get that uh, in There next week. Also, I want to, I just want to give us a heads up next week. We're doing something super cool. We've done this before. I don't have time to explain how we did it before, but it's just called the dollar challenge. And next week, the challenge is this. Each person bring $1 to give just $1 to give to an incredible organization right here in Cheyenne that we'll tell you about uh, next week. You do have to be in person to give that dollar. So if you can't be here on Sunday, you can stop by the office if you want to through the week and and give your dollar. Or if you're watching online and you can't actually be here or give a dollar, just through your regular generosity, you're still a part of all the outreach that we do here because we take 10% of every dollar given to God through our church. We take the first 10% put it in an outreach account that can only be used for outreach to serve our community and God's kingdom around the world. So just through being generous through the church, you're a part of our outreach. And we're taking $1,500 from our outreach budget, and we're going to match up to $1,500 that's given next week towards that organization. So come prepared for the dollar challenge next week. I'm excited about that. Today, we're ending a sermon series called Sabbath more than a Jewish practice. As I've told you, the Sabbath has been one of the most powerful and impactful spiritual disciplines I've ever put into my life, but it was probably the one I misunderstood the most, and I imagine there's some misunderstanding in others as well. So one last time, let's look at the definition of the word Sabbath. The word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop or cease. So Sabbath means to stop. It is a command from God rooted in the rhythm of creation for our good. It's a reminder of who we are in God, that we are free in him. And it is a 24-hour weekly invitation from God to stop all of our ordinary work and activity and to truly rest. It it reveals and refocuses our, our trust in God, But more than anything, like more than anything, as we walk out now of this series, I want us to remember that the Sabbath is not an obligation, it is an opportunity. That yes, it is in the law of God, the fourth of the Ten Commandments. It's a part of the Ten Commandments, we tend to forget that. But it's not just law, it is life to us. It's a gift from God. A blessing, not a burden, and this is where, as human beings, we tend to mess everything up. (laughs) This is where brewing coffee and pouring soda becomes work. Traditionally, there are 39 Jewish Sabbath laws. Uh, I'm not going to give them all to you. They're very easily, easy to find. Just go to the Google and ask the Google, what are the 39 Jewish Sabbath laws? You'll find them very easy. There's 39 traditional Jewish Sabbath laws. It's important to know that God actually says very little in the Bible about what we should or shouldn't do on, on the Sabbath. Many of the 39 laws are not found in, in the Bible. In fact, almost all of them are, are, are not. God just says we should stop all of our ordinary work and activity, and then truly rest. He says very little elsewhere about what we should or, or shouldn't do, but as good human beings do, even with good intentions, we take a command from God meant for our good, and then we mess it all up, right? We're good, we're good at that as, as humans. So traditionally, there's 39 Jewish Sabbath laws. From those 39 laws, throughout the years, sub-laws have been added and definitions on, on what it means. For instance, one of the 39 laws is you can't start a fire. Starting a fire is work. Ironically, one of the laws is also you can't extinguish a fire. So I hope that your house does not catch up. That would suck for, for you, right? So you can't start... A fire. So even to this day, because of the sub-laws and definitions added, even to this day, there are many Orthodox, traditional Jewish people who, in a desire to honor the Sabbath, will not start their car on the Sabbath because starting a car requires fire. It ignites a combustible engine. So they don't start their car. Which, by the way, is a great reason, if I were Jewish, to convince my wife why we should get a Tesla. I'm just saying... It's a great reason why (laughs) no combustion required. It's electric or something else I saw at the same hotel with the coffee fiasco. They had what's called a Shabbat elevator in many buildings in, in Israel, especially if there's more than one elevator. One of those elevators is called the Shabbat elevator. And on the Sabbath for 24 hours, that elevator is programmed to stop on every floor, open the doors People get on, it closes, it goes to the next floor, same thing, open, close, next floor, to the top, all the way to the bottom for 24 hours, opens and closes on every floor. Why? Because according to traditional Shabbat law, pushing the button is work. It's work to push the button of the elevator. So they have one that makes sure you don't have to push any buttons. I accidentally got on the Shabbat elevator at one point and was so frustrated as to why it kept stopping until I realized what I had done. This is where the religious leaders in the days of Jesus had brought the Sabbath, by the way. Like they made it so restrictive that it was no longer a gift or a blessing, it was a burden. And please hear me and please understand, I'm not telling you all of this to pick on Jewish people or their faith. There are so many parts of the Jewish faith that are beautiful and inspiring. We can learn from them. I mean, the Christi, our, our Christian faith is rooted in Judaism. So I'm not, I'm not like trying to tear them down. I'm, I'm telling us this as a warning that we ourselves don't get so extreme that we can't even enjoy the Sabbath or respect other people who don't practice it the same way that we do. On one occasion when Jesus was, was being confronted by the religious leaders of his day because he healed someone on the Sabbath and in their mind healing required work. They confronted him for disobeying the Sabbath law. And Jesus said this, Mark 2, 27 to 28, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. I want you to leave that up there for a second. This is, by the way, why they killed Jesus. Because they knew God created the Sabbath and then commanded it. So for him to say that he was Lord, son of man is a term he used for himself. He's basically saying, I am Lord of the Sabbath. For him to say that he's Lord over the Sabbath, he's saying, I'm God. And you're missing it. And they eventually killed him for that. But second of all, a number of the books that we are recommending, they're out at the Element Store if we have any left. There's a whole list I gave in week number one two weeks ago in the series. You can get it there. But a number of the books that I I read in the series made this very important note that I never would have picked up on. They said that, that Jewish people, they needed to hear the second part of what Jesus said. That people were not made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. But Americans... We need to hear the first part of what Jesus said, that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. Specifically, our need for rest. It's a gift, a blessing, not a burden. So we've talked about what the Sabbath is. We really drilled down last week on why we should stop on the Sabbath and what do we stop from. I shared with you my personal list of things that I stop on the Sabbath and challenge you to make your own stop list and our list may not look the same and that's fine. I believe there's freedom in this Jesus age in which we live. But to close out uh, the series, I think we've got to ask this question that many people have been asking through this series and it's our big question today. What do we do on the Sabbath? What do we do? That's a great question. And we're going to look at what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 12, 14. That's our main scripture. So you can follow along on the screens or, or in your own Bible. If you don't own a Bible, download a free one called YouVersion on any mobile device. Or if you're here in person, you can ask for a Bible and we'll get you an actual copy of a Bible out at guest services before you go. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. Uh, he was one of the 12 disciples who, who wrote it, Matthew. And uh, so this is an eyewitness account that we're looking at here to the life of Jesus. Jesus, what do we do on the Sabbath? It's not really that difficult. I'm going to give us a framework today, literally a, a frame, four corners. And inside of that framework, I believe there's great freedom for us to enjoy the Sabbath. So number one is this, whatever is restful. Whatever is restful is what you do. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30 says this, Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Sounds good, right? To to, to receive rest. We all want it. Take my yoke upon you, and that day a yoke was a word for a rabbi's teaching, so take my teaching on you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find, here it is again, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Or, or in other words, unlike the impossible demands these religious leaders have, have given you, even demands for the Sabbath, that's not who I am. That, that's not me, Jesus is saying. My yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is, is light. I wanna give you rest every day, but especially on Sabbath day. And you might already be thinking, "But but wait a minute. Jesus never even used the word sabbath there and you're right he didn't but I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus talks here about giving us rest and then the very next verse the very next chapter all of chapter 12 is all about the sabbath I don't think that's a coincidence remember the bible when it was written was not written with chapters numbers and verse numbers it was one continuous thought so Jesus said I'll give you rest and then the next chapter is all about the Sabbath, all through scripture. It seems like one of the primary ways God tries to give us rest is through the Sabbath. And even Jesus said that he was Lord over the Sabbath. So I don't think that, that just because Jesus says we can now come to him for rest, that it means we should ignore the principle of the Sabbath and the rhythm of rest that he, by the way, created. So, so what do we do on the Sabbath? Whatever's restful. Whatever is restful. And friends, there's great freedom here. As long as it's not immoral or unethical, whatever gives you rest is what you can and should do on the Sabbath. This is the original intent of the Sabbath, by the way, all the way back in the creation story where we are told that in six days, God made everything we know and see, but on the seventh day, he stopped and rested. He set apart the seventh day as a holy day, a different day from the other six days. And remember, God did not rest because he needed it. He rested To model for us the most healthy rhythm of life. That for six days, we work. But on the seventh day, we stop and rest. In traditional Judaism, there is definitely some ways they have... have, um, been negative towards the Sabbath and other commands of God. We've already seen that. But there's some great things too, some some things in their traditions that are very beneficial for us on the Sabbath. For instance, there is a, a recommended practice in traditional Judaism called the Shabbat Shaluf. That's a fun word to say. Shabbat Shaluf. You know what a Shabbat Shaluf is? It's a Sabbath nap. Come on. Can I get a witness for a nap today? Some of you have already taken one. I apologize for that. But I'll assume you need the rest more than you need this sermon. So go ahead and sleep away. It's all good. Just take your Shabbat shalouf. Just go ahead and take it. A Sabbath nap. And listen, this is why it's so important for us on our Sabbath to actually stop all of our normal work and activity. Because if I fill up my, my Sabbath with, with other work and activity, I will never leave any time to Just rest especially to take a nap. Further, on the Sabbath, your personality will determine a lot of what you do. For instance, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm very introverted off of this platform. I know on the platform I don't seem that way, but it's because I'm not talking to you face-to-face. Off the platform, I'm very introverted. And so as an introvert, being around people drains me. So on the Sabbath, most likely you would find me spending time by myself, or just with my family. Very few times do I bring other people into that circle on the Sabbath. But if you're an extrovert, the opposite might be true. I don't understand extroverts, but I know that extroverts actually are filled up with other people. It's restful to be around other people and very draining to be by yourself. So the opposite might be true for you. Is reading restful? Then read. Is doing a puzzle restful? And do a puzzle. It's not for me. I going to throw it against the wall. But it's, if that's you, I hate puzzles. If that's you, then do a puzzle. It's taking a bath restful, going outside, uh, artwork, knitting, cross-stitching, writing poetry, woodworking, like whatever it is, whatever's restful for you, do that. There's great freedom in this. I will say and challenge that, that if any of those things that you do on the Sabbath are things you, you do for a living, that you're, you're earning money from it or you're going to profit from it somehow, or it's physically taxing, I would avoid those things because the point is to rest. But guys, there's so much freedom in how we rest. It's actually fascinating to me. I've not experienced it. Per se here at Element, but it's fascinating to me how in starting the Sabbath, there is so much pushback in Christianity for actually taking a day of rest. We push back against it. It's fascinating to me. A.J. Swoboda, who's one of the authors of a book that, that we're recommending, he's a pastor in Portland, pastors of church in Portland, he said, that, he said, I've done sermon series on biblical sexuality, looking at the traditional view of, of marriage and sexuality in Portland. He said, I did a whole sermon on marijuana and why you shouldn't smoke it in Portland. He said, I have never had more people leave our church than when I preached on the Sabbath. It's fascinating to me. Like this thing, our bodies, our minds, our souls actually crave. We crave rest. We push back against it or try to find reasons why we don't have to do it. <laughs> it's just fascinating to me. When you actually choose to stop all of your ordinary work and activity, when you don't fill up your Sabbath with more stuff to do, when you don't even know what time it is, as we talked about last week, because you have nothing planned to get to, it's really then that you're able to truly rest physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, even financially. So what do you do on, on the Sabbath? Whatever is restful, Whatever. You decide what to do, as long as it's not work, try it. If you don't like it, try something else next week. The great news is the gift of the Sabbath happens every single week. And you get better at doing it the longer you go. Second thing you do on the Sabbath, and this is the third week in a row, the points don't have the same letter. I know, I'm taking a Sabbath from being OCD, so just give me a break. So here we go. Second thing is this, whatever causes delight. Whatever causes delight, do it. You've got rest and then delight. I did think about this morning, I could have changed it to the word rejoice. Whatever causes rejoicing, then do it. Now we got two R's, but I couldn't have an R for the third one, and so we just have to move on. So here we go. Jesus says, come to me, the Lord of the Sabbath, and I'll give you rest. Then the very next chapter, for sake of time, I'm going to kind of, Kind of shorten it up here, but it says in the next chapter that around lunchtime on the Sabbath, the disciples were walking with Jesus through a grain of field, uh, a field of grain, and they were hungry. Obviously the Jewish Chick-fil-A was closed because it was Sabbath day and they honor God that way. And so they couldn't get Chick-fil-A. So they were hungry and they broke off heads of grain to satisfy their hunger. The Pharisees saw this. They accused Jesus of working on the Sabbath because he was harvesting the grain from the field. So Jesus tells them two stories from the Old Testament that justify feeding yourself on the Sabbath satisfying your hunger and then he says this Matthew twelve five and 8 and haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath I tell you there's one here who's even greater than the temple in other words I am God But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices for the son of man. He's saying me, I am Lord, even over the Sabbath. Again, it's one of the reasons they killed him. So whatever causes delight, that's what you do. And you might say, wait a minute, you're already catching me on this. Jesus never said delight. Where do you get that? You're right. He said Sabbath, and we already know that the English word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. I've told you uh, every week, Shabbat means to stop. What I haven't told you, I saved till today because it's super, super cool. That in the Hebrew language, the word Shabbat can also be translated delight. In fact, after God made the the heavens and the earth, in six days, every day, he said it was good, it was good, it was good. On the sixth day, his crowning achievement, humanity, he said it's very good, and then he stopped. And one of the reasons he stopped was to delight in the work he had done. So whatever causes delight, do that. And when I say delight, I don't mean whatever makes you feel good in the moment or whatever you want to do. Like the word of God as a believer, if you're not a believer, so awesome that you are here. Love it that you are here. I hope you still get a benefit from the Sabbath even if you don't believe. But as a believer, the word of God is still our guide as to what we should or shouldn't do on every day of our lives, not just on the Sabbath day, but whatever brings you joy, whatever causes your heart to smile, whatever gives you delight, that's what you should do on the Sabbath. And again, there's so much freedom in this. It'll be what gives you delight different than what gives me delight. And again, while the Jewish tradition did have some very negative results and and implications on the Sabbath, they have so many beautiful, good things as well. For instance, I already told you about the Shabbat Shaluf. It's taking a nap on the Sabbath. That's part of our rest. But as for delight, according to the Jewish tradition, feasting was a part of the Sabbath. Like food, lots of it and good Food, in fact, the Shabbat meal that they had every Friday night was a community event that everyone looked forward to as they celebrated God through, through feasting. I, 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 don't have, I, I don't have any scripture to back this up, but as your pastor, I believe I'm giving you a word from the Lord. I'm saying that tongue in Okay, I'm a firm believer in no diets on the Sabbath. You can, you can say that your pastor told you so. Like I tell Sabrina every week, the Sabbath is a cheat day. Unless you have to eat a certain way for physical reasons, keep doing that. But bring on the food on the Sabbath day, good food. Can I get an amen? Amen. Check this out too. This is, again, this is just fascinating to me. And I share this partly because it just makes me laugh, it makes me smile, but we're, we're gonna see how this actually relates to some physical evidence here. In the Jewish tradition, Sabbath every week was a day to enjoy marital sex. Someone's like, uh, excuse me, what? Did you say sex? I was kind of on the fence about this whole Sabbath thing, but I'm paying attention. Okay, say, say some more, Pastor. Sex on the Sabbath? Uh, the key word here is marital sex. It is 2020. We have to uh, address that. In many traditional Jewish communities, you can look this up, it was expected that married couples have sex on the Sabbath. Why? Because sex is one of the primary ways that God has given us a gift. The Sabbath is a gift and sex is a gift from God. He thought of it and created it and he gave it to us in marriage for a husband and wife to delight in their oneness together. So check this out. Okay. This is more than ironic to me. Ancient Judaism, Tradition suggested sex at least once a week on the Sabbath and a recent study, this is now modern day, a recent study found a linear relationship between frequency of sex and reported happiness in marriages up to a frequency of once a week. In other words, couples' happiness and well-being increased with the frequency of sex, but that level of happiness maxed out at the frequency of having sex about once a week. So could it be that God not only created the Sabbath but created sex and then through his Jewish people led them to say, hey, maybe married couples at least once a week on the Sabbath should come together in sexual intimacy. Isn't it ironic that they didn't know the study, but now there's a secular study that shows a couple's happiness will increase to the capacity the max out at one, one time a week. It's just ironic to me. Almost like God knows what he's doing in creation. So what do we do on the Sabbath? We stop whatever is our ordinary work and activity and we do whatever is restful, whatever is delightful, and lastly, number three, is this. Whatever is worshipful. Whatever is worshipful. There's the four corners of the frame, by the way. Stop, rest, delight, worship. Whatever's inside that frame, you're free to do. You're free to do. Stop, rest, delight, worship. It's the frame or the framework of the Sabbath. Matthew 12:9 through 14 says this, Then Jesus went over to their synagogue, which, by the way, Jesus always practiced the Sabbath. He went to the synagogue every Sabbath. You see it all through the scripture. He would have been a part of the Shabbat meals, all of that. So he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Because he broke the Sabbath by helping someone. In a parallel passage, the Gospel of Mark, same story, but Mark says it. Jesus has Jesus saying this, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. And so he healed the man's hand. Jesus in healing this man was saying, yes, do good deeds on the Sabbath. It's a day for worship and worship. As much as I love singing and worship, worship is so much more than our singing it's doing anything in life that 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 pleases, glorifies, honors, and lifts up the name of God. It's a day for scripture reading and thankfulness and gratefulness for what we already have instead of pursuing what we don't have. It's a day for remembering our salvation, that we were dead in our transgressions and sins. But God loved us so much he came himself in the form of a man, Jesus, God in the flesh. He died in our place, paying the price for our sins. He rose from the dead three days later. And now anyone, anyone who believes in him by faith will have their sins forgiven, their their life empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then one day by faith, we will spend eternity an eternal Sabbath with this God who loves us. The Sabbath is a day to remember that. Yes, we should remember that every day, but especially on the Sabbath day, where we stop all of our work, we acknowledge that God did the only work we could not do, our salvation. So this brings up all sorts of questions. Good questions, by the way. Questions like, does my Sabbath have to be on a Saturday or Sunday? Traditionally the Jewish Sabbath is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday but in Christianity when Christ rose on on, on Sunday we kind of made Sunday the Sabbath day my wife and I we sabbath from 6:30 p.m. on Friday to 6:30 p.m. on Saturday so it have to be Saturday or Sunday no it can be but it doesn't have to be i do think we should each make a goal Of pursuing one day out of seven where we truly stop our ordinary work and activity and receive rest from God. But it doesn't have to be Saturday or Sunday. Whatever day works in your schedule, do that that day. And then then people ask, well, can it be flexible? Can I move my Sabbath day according to the week? Sure. There's freedom in this. My wife and I have done this. Like, there's been a couple of weeks since we started back in February really taking this seriously, where Saturday we just knew was not going to work, and so we Sabbath on Friday. There's been a couple of Sundays where I uh, was not going to be here at church. I was on vacation, was not preaching, and so we, we actually Sabbath on Sunday and worshiped uh, together as, as a couple. But it can be flexible, and then people ask, well, what about Emergencies. There's bound to be something that happens on Sabbath at some point. You know, can, we, can we actually do it then if it comes up and we was outside of our control? Jesus answered the question, by the way, if your sheep falls in a well, get it out. He's saying if there's an emergency, go ahead and, and take care of it. Right. I, I will say this, though. If, if there's an emergency that happens on your Sabbath day, it's not bad. But if there are emergencies happening every Sabbath, it might be a sign you're a bad manager. I need to reorder your week so that emergencies don't keep happening on the Sabbath. Also, some of you have already asked me about serving in the church on Sabbath, that if you choose Sunday as your Sabbath day, should you be serving? It's a great question, one I've wrestled with going through this. And again, I think Jesus answers it. He says, Sabbath's a day for doing good deeds. Is it a good deed to serve God's church? Absolutely it is. He also said, "The Sabbath a day for saving life. Are we a part of saving lives by serving God's church?" Yes. Spiritually speaking, absolutely. There are people in this series who have put their faith in God and have been spiritually saved. But beyond that, we have a number of of stories of people throughout the years in our church that, that were either thinking of or planning on taking their own life. But they came to an element service or an element event or an element group. And God used our church and our people to change their minds. And they're alive today because God used our church to do that. And listen, when you serve, you are a part of those lives being saved and changed. So, so yes, you can serve on the Sabbath. Serving is an act of worship. Worship's a part of that. I will say this if, if serving's a burden to you, I would ask a deeper question Why is serving a burden to you? Because serving God's church should be a blessing, it's a privilege, it's an opportunity to partner with God in what he's doing. So why is it a burden? But but if it is, if if you choose Sunday as your Sabbath and you truly believe that you should not serve, I think we as a church have to be okay with that and bless you in it. And I believe God will bless you for honoring the Sabbath and he'll bless our church for allowing you to. I believe that. I would just challenge you to make sure that's really your reason that that you're not just filling up your Sabbath day with other things and then pushing God out. Like, can you honor, if that's you, can you honestly say in order for me to honor God, I can't serve his church. Just think about that for a second. And if that's what you truly believe, then so be it, but maybe, Maybe there's something else you could adjust in your busy schedule before you push God and his church out. So, what are some suggested practices for the Sabbath? Uh, on my wife and I's personal podcast, last week we did a whole episode on the Sabbath. We're going to do at least one more, and we're going to really dive deep uh, onto uh, specific, like different stages of life. What can your Sabbath look like? Because one of the big things I can't get into right now is parents of young kids. How in the world do you Sabbath? We're going to answer that question on our podcast. Go to my website and you can find the podcast there. But here's 10 suggested practices. You don't have to do these. These are a part of, of, of uh, other suggestions and even my own life. So here we go. Number one is this, the lighting of the Sabbath candles. I can't get in I want to get into it so bad, but I'm out of time. This is a Jewish tradition that we've brought into. our our own life with a Christian perspective, but there's two Sabbath candles. You light one and it represents Exodus 20, which was the first time God commanded it. And then you light the other representing Deuteronomy five. There's some things I say and pray, just acknowledging God, this is the day we're given to you. Uh, Please bring us rest. I want to talk more about it. I can't, I will on the podcast. Number two is just sleep, like sleep in the beautiful part about not having anything planned that you have to get to is you can stay in bed. Guess for how long? As long as you want. Take a nap. I took two naps yesterday. It was amazing. Took like a 15 minute cat nap about 11 a.m. And then I was watching the Masters Golf Tournament about 2, 2 2.30. Fell asleep again. It was unbelievable. And it didn't matter. I had nothing to do. It was amazing. Number three, spend time alone with God with no time limit. This is one of my favorite parts about Sabbath for me. That when I don't have anything I have to do, I can spend as much time with God as I want to. In prayer, in the word, in, in worship, and I don't have to end it if I don't want to end it. On a normal work week, i got to end my time with God because i got things I'm responsible for. Number four, spend time alone in the quiet, like literally shut off the noise. I don't know if you guys know this. This is, a, this is amazing. On the side of your phone is a button. If you hold it long enough, the phone shuts off. Do you know that? should try it on the Sabbath. Uh, Number five, spend time with family or close friends. If you're an extrovert, do that. Number six, food. Again, I already said I think feasting should be a part of the Sabbath. Uh, we are very intentional, my wife and I, about food on the Sabbath. We always try to uh, celebrate the Sabbath with great food, both on Friday night and then throughout the day on Saturday. Watch a good movie, TV show, or sporting event. Again, I would really encourage you. you don't Screen time is okay. Don't fill up your Sabbath with a Netflix binge. So limit the time. But it's okay to watch a good movie or TV show or sporting event. I watched the Masters and some college football yesterday. Um, and also be super careful on what you are ingesting. You want to honor God with what you're being a part of with your entertainment choices every day, but especially on, on the Sabbath day. Go for a walk. I love doing that when it's nice outside and not blowing 400,000 miles an hour. Uh, get outside for an activity. Do something that brings your delight to your soul. I didn't put this on the list. I forgot. So really there's 11, but read. Reading is a great Sabbath practice, especially something that's uplifting and encouraging and discipling. If you're married... Go ahead and make love. You have God's permission. Uh, And then number 10, spend time thanking God for all he's done, all he's made, and all he's given you instead of pursuing more or dreaming about what you don't have. That's a good practice every day, but especially on the Sabbath, I found myself like thanking God on the Sabbath specifically for the most trivial things. God, I thank you that my shower works. Lord, thanks for my house. We have have a beautiful home God's provided for us, but there's still things that need fixed or updated in our desire. But Lord, I, I know that I've had some things that I've talked about doing, but just I have a house. Thanks for my car. It's not my dream car, but it works. Lord, thanks for breath. I'm alive today. The Sabbath's a day for that. But it's hard if we don't stop to have our spiritual eyes open to everything we already have. So be thankful for what you have on the Sabbath, not seeking more. I hope this has been helpful for us as a church. And if you choose not to, if you think as well, it's not a specific day, that's fine. There's no condemnation, no judgment. I wanna, I wanna invite our church to do this. And if you want to, awesome, I think you'll benefit greatly, I have. It's changed my life. But if not, okay, okay, it's fine. I think you're missing out, but that's okay. And listen, if you're here, if you're watching online and you've never put your faith in Jesus and you want to, want to talk to somebody about that, just click the prayer button on the church online platform or reach out to us. If you're here in person, stop by the purple tent in the back, uh, both online and here in person. We've got a prayer team that will pray for anything going on, and we'd love to talk to you about what it means to put your faith in Jesus. Dollar Challenge is next week. I love you guys. So much, let me pray for you and then you can go. Lord, thanks so much for offering us this gift of the Sabbath. I pray, Lord, that we'd receive it, that we'd open this gift, and Lord, I pray that you would pour out so much rest on us, Lord, that it infiltrates every part of our life. Thanks for being gracious enough to give us a day of rest. Help us honor you in it, in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys, have a great week, you're dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.